MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Today, Trump loses another tax return appeal. The first deposition transcripts are released. Trump says written answers from the whistleblower are unacceptable. More obstruction of justice, witness intimidation, and suborning perjury from the White House. E. Jean Carroll sues Trump and the looming government shutdown. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Mm-hmm. You good, huh? Yes. Yeah. I went to a sexual harassment training today at the comedy store. <laughs> you nice. told me about this earlier, <laughs> and I said, that is a gold mine for jokes. Yes, it really is. I was hoping it was going to be like a men in black situation, you know, when they're training and there's like cardboard cutouts popping up of things and they have to decide like what is shootable and what is not shootable. But I imagine that applied to like a sexual harassment training scenario. Could have been great. It was not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there are. Also no guns necessarily. Maybe just like bad or whatever, you know. Every time. It's very boring. Not very interactive. The presentation is my point. <laughs> when I was not a manager and when I was an employee and every time we had to take a sexual harassment training, everyone was just dying laughing. Yeah. Because the videos they show of like what not to do and how not to be are just so bad. Yes. I do have to give props to the people giving the presentation. It was significantly more on the wavelength that a comedian can dissect because they work for the comedy store like the one in Hollywood as well and they're just kind of used to putting it in like terms that comics will actually like that listen to. funny. You know how you have like comedy <laughs> traffic school? Yeah. Com- yeah. Comedy, comedy sexual harassment school. Yeah exactly. <laughs> or not, how not to get me too'd. Yeah. It was very interesting <laughs> interesting though because they did a really good job of integrating the nuance of comedy being a first amendment you know free speech zone and like what constitutes sexual harassment versus what is just like a bad joke and it's it's like it's like a training i think the whole country needs to go through honestly yeah right yeah very interesting talking about power and like the element that power plays ah like headliner versus feature versus guesty yeah. versus right. opener versus host or like manager versus door, door person yeah. yeah exactly oh my god that's so funny and yeah. i just that you know I'm, i think that's great that they tailored it to it definitely and, and i think that that's also interesting that it relates to people outside of comedy too totally yeah. Like, understand your power structure, also understand the difference between a joke and your free speech, and what is actual harassment. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they bring up hecklers at all? They do not. They bring up, um, they brought up some people like Andy Dick, (laughs) who I guess, like, got in trouble for going up to people and, like, licking them on their face. (laughs) If you're gonna go, like, if you're gonna pick a what not to do, Andy Dick is gonna be it. Yeah, and so that was that was funny watching them present like his course of behavior and like the where's things. your sexual harassment bar, Andy Dick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then also talking about how like you know Andy when he would respond to these things was pretty brutally honest about them too, just being like, "Yeah, I lick their face. I'm gonna lick faces sometimes." Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a comedian. You All lick right. Face. Well. <laughs> true it was interesting and we talked about like landmark supreme court decisions actually so it was like a very academic thing that include like sasha baron cohen for example like uh-huh. he he got sued by the, by one of the women in his bruno movie who didn't know that she was gonna be the like the the target of such relentless vulgarity um talked about like marlon wayne's who is someone that was on a movie and he was like harassing one of the extras every day, I guess. And it was, well, that's what one of the extras said, but the the Supreme Court decision was how he is treating these extras as part of the creative process. And it is considered like improvisation. And so it wasn't harassment. It was like, Entertainment is a weird industry. It was so. It was just so interesting to see the Supreme Court decision. That seems like a how to get away with it seminar. Yeah, it was interesting because he was he was he was saying that another that a black man who was an extra looked like Cleveland from the Cleveland Show, like and the cartoon so, character. Yeah, 
And so it's talking about how, like, if if Marlon was white, it would be an entirely different scenario. But since he's, like, black, telling another black extra that he looks like this person, it, it like, chalked up to comedy versus if it, if he, like, he were white, then it would have been a whole, it probably was, like, a different interpretation of the events. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. I can't help but think mm-hmm. of Dane Cook getting, I think, temporarily banned from the Laugh Factory mm. for harassing wait staff. Okay. And I thought to myself, how, what did you have to do to get banned from the Laugh Factory as Dane Cook? Like, that's bad shit. That yes. you, whatever you were doing, no bueno. Yeah. Um, although Laugh Factory is more of a PG-13 club than, like, the store or the improv. Yeah. So I, maybe they have, like... Different politics or or something. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, though. Very interesting topic. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a majority of men in the room for the Um, training? No, because all of our, like, the entire staff was there. And Mm so when you take into consideration, like, all the jobs, it winds up being a bit more even Mm. of a gender split. So... Cool. Yeah. I was curious just because I was wondering if the educational, if the the education or the, the themes within that were more geared towards... A largely male audience, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That was that's what made sensitivity training in the military so shitty. Mm-hmm. Was that I was the only female there. Yeah, and all mm-hmm. the guys were all, oh god, oh, you my know, god. you. We have to take this because of you. You know, okay. And I'm all, okay hey. Sorry for having a butt. Yeah, a welcoming environment. <laughs> you Thanks. So yeah, no, just hey. Like, these aren't hard rules. Um, Yeah, very simple and very uncomfortable that that would be their reaction with you in the room. Yeah, and (laughs) and then it would just come down to like, you know, we can't use engineering parlance like male and female components anymore because of you. We can't, you know, and I'm like... Pretty sure you would not give them shit for that and that that is still industry standard and how they talk about things. Yes and yes. Yeah. Correct and correct. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Damn. Um, but when you bring out in like all the different employees, I think, yeah, you're right. I can see how that would even out yeah. a little differently. Yeah, totally. But yeah, if you're looking for something to do, look up those court cases. Very interesting. Just very interesting that it has actually gone through, because I've never heard about those cases. Me neither. But we know Sasha Baron Cohen. We know Marlon Waynes. We know yeah. these people. And that they just had that imagining the entire court process being a part of it is very interesting. interesting. Yeah, I wonder how many jokes were cracked. Oh, yeah. I'll read the transcript. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. something I've never really thought about, like using comedy as a means, you know, for in, in your lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, aside from that, we do have a lot of other news to get to. And that will feed into the discussion that we have later about Eugene Carroll, I think. Yes. So um, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Quick impeachment update. Um, Four White House aides defied congressional subpoenas in the impeachment inquiry today. Those are uh, National Security Council lawyer John Eisenberg, who's a traitor. Uh, National Security Council lawyer Michael Ellis, uh, the assistant to the president, Robert Blair, and Office of Management and Budget Associate Director Brian McCormick. They none of them appeared. And I didn't think they would. This is the last week of closed depositions, so we're at the very inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, these these guys will just go to jail for obstruction. That's fine with me. You okay. think so? Yeah. 69 people were indicted in the Watergate investigation. God A lot damn. of those were for lying to Congress and obstructing many. Congress. Damn. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's not a fact I have in my brain. I feel like I have to make Jill Weinbanks proud of me and go watch some documentaries on Watergate and read some books on Watergate, because that number blew my mind a little bit mm-hmm. listen that to the first uh, first season of slow burn mm-hmm. and then also check out all the president's men revisited okay. it's an msnbc documentary it's got all your favorites in it cool it's the one that inspired uh, me to start this podcast to start the muller she rep podcast mm-hmm. um and this is weird with all this stonewalling because trump is not supposed to be stonewalling anymore since there was a full house vote on impeachment which they asked for his excuse before the vote uh, for stonewalling was the dems hadn't had an official vote and now we have and he's still doing it so <clears throat> that's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in a, well, of course, though, right? Yeah, I mean, what 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 would what do we expect? Like, what, we'd take the vote, and he'd be like, "All right, up here, you can have everything." Yeah, exactly. That's like when establishments put up the no firearms sticker or something, thinking that that was going to make a difference. It's yeah. like it yeah. is clearly not the rules that are the problem. Right? It is the person <laughs> that is breaking them. Yes, rules which. Are- 
Laws are as only laws. What is it? Laws are only as good as those who follow them. Yes, at least in certain scenarios, because obviously I wouldn't extend that to like gun control as a whole. But when you're talking right. about someone that was intending on bringing one into a venue, it's like a sticker is not going to stop them. Right. It's like the whole the like the argument against um, transgender bathroom, uh, t- you know, right. being like, oh, I don't want somebody, a man coming into the girl's room or whatever. Like and, and that would be dangerous as if, yeah, if somebody wanted to predator or something as if somebody had the idea to go into a girl's room and be a predator that the sign on the door would stop them. Exactly. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. yeah. These are just more signs, which honestly just come with like more administrative costs and their or I should say well not for the transgender thing says long haired freaky people need (laughs) not apply (laughs) okay sorry just thought I'd go there for a second no it's okay I'm just trying to clarify my point really quick so people don't think that I was calling transgender like gender neutral restroom signs a waste of money that's not what I'm saying my point is that this effectively in Congress wound up kind of being a waste of time, it seems, because they're not responding to it in the way that they were hoping they were going to. Uh, yeah, but although now they're held to a different account. True. Uh, or at least takes that argument away. Yes. And the rules do give way more power to Democrats, which is always nice. Yeah, I mean, it gave some power to Republicans, but at the same time, it also solidified and made even more valid mm-hmm. this entire process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this way, when he's stonewalling now, when he's obstructing now, that there's no question to senators republican senators you know when they're doing the the trial hey we did have a floor vote still obstructed right you can't there's no argument anymore and all those people are on record now yeah for having not supported it yep and also uh in a helicopter conference trump <laughs> lambasted the the whistleblower again that he was an Obama person involved with Brennan and Susan Rice and Susan Rice means an Obama person and he's a big Obama person. And then he demanded the whistleblower identity by t- in a tweet saying, quote, the whistleblower got it so wrong that he must come forward. And he capitalized he. Oh, my God. The fake news media knows who he is, but uh, being an arm of the Democrat Party, don't want to reveal him because there would be hell to pay. Reveal the whistleblower and end the impeachment hoax. So first of all, the he giving away... Yeah, 50% roughly of the options. Um, Then, of course, the use of the word, the term Democrat Party instead of Democratic Party. That's a a stab. That's a a poke. Um, Whistleblower attorney Mark Zaid said the fixation on the whistleblower is simply because the president and others are at a loss on how to address the investigations, um, the uh, the investigations, the underlying disclosure prompted. Mm -hmm. So, again, looking at the people, discredit the people instead of what you did wrong. Mm hmm. Um, this is common in a lot of um, uh, rape cases too, um, and, yeah. and content warning here. When you get on the stand and you you know you testify that you were attacked and raped, and then they just try to take your credit apart. That's you know when I tried to report my rape, they were like, w- w- "Were you flirting? What were you wearing? Were you drinking?" Da da da. They mm-hmm. they try to do that whole yeah. victim blaming thing. If yeah. I may overshare here, my worst experience with that was I was sexually assaulted as a child and went through the process of actually accusing the man formally and so I had to go on the stand when I was six years old and sit with my freaking molester in the courtroom and tell my whole story to all these people and then have an attorney come to me and attack my six-year-old ass with when you first talked to us three months ago you said that the blinds only flash three times, and now you're saying it happened five times. Just like ridiculous attacks on tiny details. <clears throat> it's awful. On a six-year-old. On a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Because really, there's apparently zero moral fabric in some of the people that represent these people. Yeah. It's a fundamental situation of people don't believe women or girls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Slight tangent here, but it's... That is the truth. Oh, yeah. Well, it's so pervasive that like the fact that that's even embedded in our justice system. I mean, I know that everyone has a right to a defense, right? Everyone has a right to an attorney. And in Congress, each side has a right to get their time for, you know, questioning the other side. But it's just such an egregious oversight sometimes when you're allowed to just follow down these trails of questioning and logic that purely exist 
personality questions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's even part of the bigger fundamental problem. When you have no defense, you attack the complainant. And that is exactly what's happening here. Not exactly. Obviously, the circumstances are different. They can't attack the, the, the case on its merits because there are merits. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so they try to take apart these witnesses. It's honestly despicable. Um, And also disclosing the whistleblower is a crime. Um, So, you know, interesting too, you know, it makes me wonder like, you know, how Republicans have to keep saying, stop doing these things. We can't defend you. If he, you know, tries to out the whistleblower, that is a federal fucking crime it's against the whistleblower act and so republicans have to be like will you stop mm-hmm. they can't be okay with this this you know this uh strategy mm-hmm. if you want to even call it that i think that's a, a gift to call it a strategy um, but somebody brought this up this really good point trump needs an enemy a face someone to attack like comey or mccabe or struck or page mm-hmm. needs an enemy needs a fall person needs somebody to to hang out to dry to treat mm-hmm. as a whipping post and that i think is what is happening in this particular case yeah he has no he he, he has to have this person named so that he can make up a shitty nickname for them <laughs> like everyone else yeah. right you know yeah and mm-hmm. the fact that he is like trying to focus on revealing this person's identity even though so many people who have way more of a first-hand knowledge of the events have already testified and already corroborated right. and then some yeah and like, i think what he's trying to say in his dumb way which so it doesn't come across is that because the whistleblower um because they're political or they're you know i guess misguided yeah or they're like a democrat or yeah. whatever that in cahoots that Adam Schiff. <laughs> even if their even if their complaint led to legit problems you have to throw the whole thing out because their initial thing isn't legit it's like if you didn't have a warrant mm-hmm. you know what like a fourth amendment argument or something right with evidence that you're trying to present or something right it was like not lawfully <clears throat> obtained that's exactly what I think he's trying to get at. He just yeah. doesn't understand how to say it because he's stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that. I can I can sort of put myself in your shoes and try to figure out what argument you're making. Right. That the the whistleblower is so partisan that you have to throw out the entire case based because it's, uh, it's all inadmissible because that person is partisan. Mm-hmm. That doesn't it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. But if that if that that would be a more reasonable no this has um, been a pattern of thought with him though for a while you can't do your job effectively at any time and nothing is valid unless someone's a trump supporter yes yeah i also wonder too if maybe he does know the language but you know to say that they can't use this evidence because it wasn't lawfully obtained or something but he can't say that because those rules don't apply to what's happening because this mm-hmm. is congress this isn't a courtroom yeah yeah but what's that's not stopped him before that's because he's also said <laughs> it's not a crime yeah. what I did and it doesn't matter you don't have to commit a federal crime under law mm-hmm. to be impeached yeah that's not how it works so yeah that is true yeah but I mean it could be that could be a reason that he has in his head who the fuck knows yeah, I don't know he or maybe no his sense. attorneys I don't know if he has much going on what the yeah he only what is his, his head is, advising him now yeah god I know no, he's probably been told not to talk his head is just like a snow globe of cocaine yeah <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh, the old cocaine globe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the best, the best example of lube the truth happened uh, today. He he changed his story about the Zelensky call in a tweet on Monday, saying, "Quote: False stories being reported that a few Republican senators are saying that President Trump may have done a quid pro quo. Done a quid pro quo." Uh, he says, "But it doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with that. This is not an impeachable event." Perhaps so, but read the transcript. There is no quid pro quo. So he's saying, (laughs) uh, Republicans are saying now that there is a quid pro quo, but it doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with a quid pro quo. It's not impeachable, Mm -hmm. but it might be impeachable, but there is no quid pro quo. So he's he's gone Mm -hmm. back twice in three circles Mm -hmm. in one tweet. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is him pushing toward, hey, there, there was a quid pro quo and it's fine. Yeah. Well, you have to move the goalpost. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what he's doing. Whether you yeah. call it drawing the sting, moving the goalposts, lubing, lubing the truth. Lubing the truth. That's exactly what he's doing because it is going to come out that there was a quid pro quo. And quid pro quo is not a term of art in legal 
circles in criminal law, but you don't even need criminal law in an impeachment. But right. he's going to use this as a collusion type word uh, to sort of subvert the truth. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll be a, a reflexive control situation where yep. he, you know, he says quid pro quo is not against the law. It just means this for that. When when Democrats should be using the terms bribery and extortion, yeah. even even yep. though you don't have to have a crime. There are crimes here. I was just going to ask, how likely do you think it is that he's getting direct counseling from someone like Putin who has gone through that sort of reflexive control and mastered it over the decades? And yeah. Then, then I realized he doesn't even have to talk to Putin directly. His personal attorney is someone that works directly with Putin sympathizing people all the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. Probably have like an authoritarian WhatsApp group chat. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God, like cute, adorable Instagram life like, hey, hack videos, but for being... <laughs> like, hey, hey, bro, you up? <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to control your people, try this. <laughs> Ten like, ways you can you subvert justice. <laughs> Number five will shock yes, you, yes, right? Yes, One yes, of those? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's reading Cosmo for... Oh, <laughs> God. Russian television Cosmo. You're absolutely right, though. They totally have chat rooms to talk about but, that shit, you know Oh, it. totally. But also, more to your point, A.G., um... Democrats need to start getting better at using language as powerfully as he does. Yeah, which is scary that they aren't because yeah. it would seem simpler right, mm-hmm. than what we're doing. Did you see he turned into like Dr. Seuss on his tweet? It was like, even so, there is no quid pro quo. <laughs> he, he like totally wrote it to like rhyme. Yeah, like, there's know. no, no other... globe of cocaine. Yes. <laughs> when you said that, I I envisioned. Have you seen BoJack Horseman? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I envisioned like a BoJack Horseman style montage where he's like all fucked up and like yeah, wandering I around and like intro. disassociated, Shake, just like doing drugs. Ding. Yeah. And yes. I just like imagined Trump doing that, like tweeting and. <laughs> Doing lines of coke and wandering around in a BoJack Horseman like haze. Yeah, it's kind of how we envision Nunberg. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Do they do probably have the best parties though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, if you like Lev and Igor. Yeah, don't go there though. Kids are there. Igor. Um, another thing he said in that helicopter conference uh, that Vindman about Vindman, mm-hmm. uh, he said it's a whole scam. It's between the Democrats and the fake news media. And when asked what evidence he had that Vindman was a never Trumper, he said, we'll be showing you that real soon. So that's witness intimidation. Yes. Um, then Trump tweeted to Republican senators about the release of the deposition transcripts. Um He's openly calling Republicans to produce doctored transcripts of witness testimony to exonerate him. He says, if shifty Adam Schiff, who is corrupt, who is a corrupt politician who fraudulently made up what I said on the call, the call is in quotes, uh, is allowed to release transcripts of never Trumpers and others that were interviewed, he will change the words that were said to suit Democratic purposes. Republicans should give their own transcripts of the interviews to contrast with Schiff's manipulated propaganda. House Republicans must have nothing to do with Shifty's rendition of those interviews. He is a proven liar, leaker, and freak who is really the one who should be impeached. Oh, so many things wrong in that. Number one, again, you cannot impeach a representative. (laughs) So stop saying that. Uh, number two, I don't know how like media can do this, but they need to set this shit straight about the premise of him calling Schiff a liar who made up the contents of his call. He's talking about when Schiff was get- purely engaging in a rhetorical device, saying that his call was like if he got on the phone and said this, this, and obviously says things that aren't what... Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah like he was That wasn't, one particular event. Right, he's exactly. clinging to that. Yes, and he's not... He. Uh, it breaks my brain. I can't... Yeah, and here's the other thing. He's now saying he's... he's first of all, I'm no lawyer, but this is suborning perjury. Um, f- for weeks, Republicans have been saying the witness stories have fallen apart in testimony, uh, and they totally exonerate Trump, though they've provided no proof. And they have repeatedly said that Schiff is holding closed door depositions so that Democrats can falsify the transcripts. So I wouldn't put it past them to falsify their transcripts to say that Schiff actually falsified the testimony. Yeah. They seem to be gearing up for that. And Trump's tweet is teeing them up for it. That's hardcore propaganda right there. Telling the public Dems are falsifying documents so that when they're released, his supporters will say they were doctored to make Trump look bad. Yeah. Uh, And then saying the Republicans should do this. Yeah, I wouldn't put that past so him. So he's telling the Republicans to put out different transcripts than what the Democrats are releasing, which means he's telling them to falsify them, which is support. I mean, that's just insane. Mm-hmm. 
level shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, truly. I mean, it, that's you're right. He's he's setting it up so that when when Republicans release other documents, his supporters are automatically deferring to that. Yeah, he's allowing two things to happen. Either the Democrats release the documents and no one believe his supporters don't believe them because he's just told them that Schiff altered he's them. Doctored them, yeah. Or he's allowing now the Republicans to falsify the testimony mm-hmm. transcripts to release them and say these are the real ones. Um, and speaking of transcripts, they released two today. They released Yovanovich's and McKinley's. Tomorrow we will get Volker's and Sundland's. I'm really interested in the Sundland transcript. We already know he lied. We know that he lied when he told Congress that no one raised any concerns with him about the quid pro quo then or later. And we know that Vinman and Taylor did. And Taylor on the phone called uh, the phone call prompted by Sundland's call me text. Uh, you know, that whole thing where he's like, call me. And so Taylor did. And Taylor during that call said, this is, what are you doing? This is crazy. Uh, and Vinman testified he confronted Sunlin as well. So let's go through just a couple of the highlights here from these transcripts. Yovanovitch testified that the State Department reached out to Sean Hannity of Fox News to find out why he was talking trash about Yovanovitch and calling for her ouster. So the State Department reached out to Fox News to find out what was going on at the White House. Mm-hmm. And after that call happened, things simmered down a little bit, but it's noticeable the influence Hannity has on the job, mm-hmm. the jobs of career diplomats. Mm-hmm. Um, she was being told by her counterparts, Yovanovitch was being told that she should watch her back and she felt threatened. Uh, and she was told she needed to return from Ukraine because of security reasons. And when asked, did you feel threatened? She said yes. Hmm. She felt threatened when Trump said to Zelensky, she's going to go through some things. And she's still very concerned about that. She reached out to the State Department and asked for a statement of support to let the Ukrainians know that if she was speak that she was speaking on behalf of the U.S. And that statement never came because they said they feared Trump would undercut any statement of support. Uh, And then Sondland told her um, to tweet praise in support of Trump to avoid being fired. And she refused. Oh, my God. And then Giuliani's efforts to cut the ground out from underneath her and the embassy. She said that that was what she felt like Giuliani was doing was cutting to pulling the rug out from under her. Mm -hmm. She said Ukraine expressed concerns in February about Giuliani bringing up Biden with officials as early as February. And Republicans asked her who she would have voted for in the Ukrainian election. When did they ask her that? During her deposition. Mm -hmm. The, like, the Zelensky election? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so they asked her about her political leanings. Um, She learned in November 2018 from Ukrainian officials that Giuliani was going behind her back and trying to smear her. So they were trying to get rid of her as far back as November of 2018. No one at the State Department asked her approach or excuse me, asked her uh, or approached her about the smears. So so this was a separate Giuliani thing and Hannity and Trump and the three amigos or whatever the fuck. Um, because no one at the State Department was like, hey, you know, we're hearing these stories. No one ever once said anything about her job performance um, from the State Department. And McKinley, now we'll go to McKinley's testi- testimony. McKinley said he was disturbed that foreign governments were being asked by the White House to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Uh, He says there were at least three occasions where he went to Pompeo and other State Department senior officials to press them about the public backing supporting Yovanovitch. And it didn't go anywhere. And that is in direct contrast to what Pompeo said in an ABC interview, saying he was never asked not even once about Yovanovitch by McKinley, not one time. Um, and apparently that's why McKinley resigned because Pompeo wasn't supporting diplomats that were being used by Trump to carry out his bribery and extortion. And he was concerned that the state department was being co-opted for a political mission. That's mm-hmm. what he testified to. Wow. He also took issue with Pompeo's letter to Congress refusing to cooperate with the impeachment. Um, and he testified it was correct that his colleague Kent felt concerned that he and others asked to testify were being bullied by the State Department. And we, we touched on that a little bit that, that after McKinley's testimony that it seemed that Pompeo was bullying people who were cooperating with the impeachment. Kent testified he was told to lay low on Ukraine policy and let Trump's people handle it. That was according to McKinley's testimony. So that is the main points of, of I mean, there's a lot in there. I really suggest you, you, you read them. They're pretty crazy. They're all on... Um well, on the website, like the government's website. Yeah, you can just cool. Google. You can just Google McKinley testimony and or transcript and and Yovanovitch transcript, and cool. they'll, they'll pop up. 
and we'll put them in our newsletter. How infuriating would that be for Yovanovitch to hear from her colleagues in Ukraine that she's established trust with that she's being undermined by some fucking idiots? That is like, hey, by the way, because that's basically how she found out, right? Yep. Like, by the way, this dude Giuliani's going around trying to ruin your name. Yeah. Like, motherfucker. Yes. I mean, imagine how, I mean, ones who haven't been ousted, imagine how many diplomats we have around the world in countries where relationships are currently strained because of Trump and they're doing their fucking damnedest to maintain a level of trust. Yeah. You know, and she's clearly a fucking professional who's totally just being undermined. And that's also like... I don't want to use the word embarrassing because it's not embarrassing for her, but it's so embarrassing for our country. And it's an embarrassment that she has to feel and process and respond with tact and class in that moment, too, which is like, unfortunately, just part of the job, I guess. But it shouldn't be. That's not so you shouldn't be having to fend off your own citizens of your home country engaging in efforts to undermine your work across the fucking ocean. Yeah, for a, what should be U.S. policy, which has been U.S. policy since the Cold War ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, last bit on impeachment here, Jordan, you have something on Trump being willing to shut down the government or something? Yeah, so you all remember the government shutdown. Longest, uh, what was that, 30, how many days was that? 32? It was more than 30. It was a long time. It was a long time. When it was cost that again? a lot this of year, money. It started at the end of last year, mm-hmm. flowing into the beginning of this year. Right. It cost a lot of money. And, and it was a shutdown over Christmas, right? Government workers and mm-hmm. national parks. And- mm-hmm. Yep. And there's another federal funding deadline that's coming up November 21st. And Trump is refusing to commit to keeping the federal government open past that. So for us to not end up back where we were, basically, at the end of last year, uh, Congress has to pass 12 appropriation bills that fund all the federal agencies and to make matters even worse the house is in recess this week which means they have about eight legislative days to get their shit together and i think number one that's that terrifies me that like my first reaction to this is oh there's no way that they're going to be able to come together to pass that there's no way we're going to escape another government shutdown they could pass like a short like a smaller kind of you know time extension basically yeah kick the can down the road yes and i'm hoping that they can do that but there's also i think a really scary possibility that republicans in coordination with trump could weaponize this process saying don't about to ask you yes saying we're not going to come together on in any level of bipartisan support for this bill and i'm sure they'll have whatever reasons they'll have for whatever various agency they're dealing with in that specific bill but why they can't comfortably go forward together with the bill as it is while impeachment is like going forward how it is right you're thinking that they'll say yeah we'll fund stuff if you stop the impeachment something to that effect i think or there'll be you know they'd be willing to sacrifice the full faith and credit of the united states to stop impeachment Right. Because and now I I mean, I will say this. It won't at first it won't totally stop impeachment because Congress is funded. But you have to think of the staffers, the security, Mm -hmm. the guards, the master, like everybody who works around it, uh, all the support staff and administrative Mm -hmm. staff that that need to be in place Mm -hmm. and also in the courts. Um, Yep. So, yeah, there's really two two avenues that they could weaponize it. Like what you're talking about is they straight up could be like, if we don't pass this, then government will shut down, making it very, very hard, if not virtually impossible to continue with impeachment. Because, I mean, Congress people still worked through that government shutdown. Right. So that technically, I guess they could still they could still keep going. But. Not easily. Not easily. And then on the other hand, they could just straight up try to weaponize it and blatantly be like, I'm not passing this unless we come together, uh, which I hesitate to even say come together, unless you give us what we want, we're not going to sign on to this. I have an interesting theory. What if this is why they wanted to initially get impeachment done by Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. And then then when Pelosi... (laughs) (laughs) You guys got to sign up for the video. It's like, I just realized how close 21 and 24 are together. (laughs) (laughs) What is is Thanksgiving? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Whatever day that shit is. is 28th. 28th. There we go. And then Pelosi, because she's steps ahead. You know, she know she has thought of this, mm-hmm. and she said, "Well, we'll just expand it." 
um, and that could take us. We'll go ahead and expand the impeachment inquiry. Could take us into January, February, and if he keeps the government shut down for three and a half months, um, there that is going to be a problem for him politically. Mm-hmm. He can destroy himself that way, or we can impeach him by Thanksgiving. And why don't we just go ahead and expand this, continue it out? We're not going to get these tax returns and the Mueller right. stuff until January, February, anyway. Um, so expand it a little bit. Um, and do these public-facing hearings, which we can do before uh, the government gets shut down, if he if that's the route he ten if he chooses to go. Uh, but I'm willing if I if I were Pelosi, I'd say I'd be willing to take that uh, risk of him doing that because that's his you know give him the rope to hang himself with kind of a situation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure she doesn't want the government shut down, and she'll do everything she can to negotiate so that it's not. But if this is his, you know, if this is the road he takes, um, yeah. Impeachment will be waiting there for you when the government comes back online. Yeah. There's no way they're going to get it done in a way that they'd be happy with before Thanksgiving at this point. That's how it seems, right? It's like there's just too much shit. Yeah, I think so. And um, and honestly, I think that that was their initial... Uh, that might have been their initial thought because that's when the appropriations bills have to be... The budget has to be passed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot more news. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. And uh, time for a little schadenfreude. Trump loses again in court. <laughs> this time it's in the New York District Attorney's case. So, you know, where he's trying to get the tax returns from Mazars. So the appellate the appellate court agrees that Trump can't block Mazars from handing over his tax returns to the to Cy Vance in the Manhattan District Attorney's office. Trump has 10 days to file an appeal with SCOTUS. I think it's 10 days. Uh, he so will. We're up to SCOTUS now. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I think this might be the first one that goes to SCOTUS if because also uh, t- today, Tuesday, if you're listening, today is tomorrow, um, th- is the deadline. Well, it's the deadline to hand in stuff in in, for, in the grand jury materials case that the oversight Dems filed against the Department of Justice. And that's the stay that the appellate court asked for. We know Judge Beryl Howell in the district court denied the stay, but they they the appellate court gave themselves until um Tuesday the 5th to get all the information in and then they'll probably make a decision this week that will likely also be denied and appealed to SCOTUS but it looks like this Cy Vance case might be the first one to go to the Supreme Court do you think that the Supreme Court will hear the case I don't what are your beans I don't know this is a little bit different because this is a state court Mm -hmm. and I mean obviously state Supreme Court no um no Supreme Court of the United States okay SCOTUS is of the U.S. but um this is the state district. The this is the Manhattan district attorney mm-hmm. that's doing the case, not a federal court. Forgive me for asking, in, uh, or a uh, federal prosecutor. Um, mm-hmm. An uninfor- uninformed question. I know SCOTUS is the supreme federal court of the land, but do you have like a do you have su- kind of supreme courts at a state level? Yes, they mm-hmm. have state supreme courts. State supreme courts. There's mm-hmm. one in one of our stories coming up, actually. Okay, cool. But okay. the yeah. But this is to the federal SCOTUS at this point. E- yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, but SCOTUS saying- is federal. Okay. There's no SCOTUS at the state I, level because gotcha. the U.S. at the end. Yeah. Oh, but you're yes, saying the yes, plaintiff yes. is not a federal U.S. attorney. It is right. the state, states, New York state's district attorney. Yes. And so that makes this a little different in that because, you know, federally, we know that the president can be investigated at the federal level. Mm-hmm. And we know that because it, it, even it will Nixon and all that other Watergate, et cetera. And we know also that because in the Mueller's report, you know, Mueller's report when he said, you know, we, we aren't going to indict a sitting president mm-hmm. in, in our federal little bubble because of the office of legal counsel memo, but that doesn't mean we can't investigate. And he gave pages and pages of court citations on why he, and including in the, um, the rules that govern special counsels and independent counsels, why you can still investigate a president, even if you're not going to indict him. And that was to keep, the evidence fresh and memories, blah, blah, blah. And so this hasn't been litigated for a state court yet um, or a district attorney. But we have tons of federal litigation and, and, and citations. So I think they might actually hear it just so that they can get on the record mm-hmm. yeah. that in state courts, the president can be investigated. That That's why their argument was, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not only can you not investigate me, but the local police can't stop me. Mm-hmm. They can't even stop me from doing it. Like I can, yeah. I can shoot one, but I Crazy can keep shooting people, and they but just that, have to stand there. OLC memo doesn't govern state courts. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's what you that that that's right of it, right? Well, not just yeah. that, but also 
no one's above the law. Well, yeah, of constitutionally. Course. Yeah. So they might They're playing hear it. their little games. <laughs> the states are outside of that. They might hear it. The Supreme Court might. Well, like, can we go down the record and say it's okay for states and uh-huh. district attorneys to investigate a president? Uh, mm-hmm. Even if they don't indict him or whatever, we'll litigate that later. But they should at least be able to investigate him and subpoena him. Yeah. So, uh, so I think they'll. I think they might hear it. Yeah, I'm totally saying this out of my asshole. But uh, <laughs> video feed, get on it. There's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do the Jim Carrey making your butthole yeah. tapping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would. I would think that a court would want to set a precedent whenever the opportunity exists because it seems like that's part of your judicial duty. But I do also think that in not hearing it and sending it back down to the court and and making that lower court decision stand also sets a precedent. Yes. So yeah, totally. That's a yeah, that's, that's a really good, good yeah that's a really good point. Like if if this case is heard, you're right. It now is going to set a new precedent for the fact that this is okay and you can do this at the state level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now is it is it, are they still operating on the belief that it's a gray area? No, I mean no it, no one's ever questioned it before. Mm-hmm. If the why has anyone ever like wondered if the president like right. did something in a state? Why you know if they can't be investigated? Um, if they if you know if he or she broke the law. Um, and then I have some speaking of the Mueller report and what happened in the Mueller investigation. Jordan, uh, something happened with the whistleblower and an offer that the whistleblower's whistleblower's lawyer made to Republicans. Yes. So the whistleblower's attorney said that uh, they're willing, the whistleblower, I'm saying they, I'm not going to say he, even though that he cats out of the bag. Um, They are willing to answer written questions directly from Republican congressmen and women without going through the democratically led committee proceedings. So the sort of win that they're they're willing to offer the Republicans is this direct line of communication. And this is a departure from the previous offer by the whistleblower to answer questions under oath and in writing that were essentially vetted by the entire committee. So now they're kind of saying, fine, willing to go directly through you guys. Uh, but of course, this isn't enough for Republicans. And despite the fact that they're relentlessly trying to reveal the identity of the whistleblower and the whistleblower was still willing to deal with them directly, People like Jim Jordan are still coming out saying that the written answers are not enough. And Trump is saying that the written answers are unacceptable and not enough. Fucking no self-awareness of (laughs) (laughs) his refusal to do anything other than written answers of the Mueller investigation, obviously. But no one's going to talk about that. That's what I have right here. Trump wouldn't come forward and testify and gave and insisted only on written answers in the Mueller probe. And he also lied in his written answers. Yeah, exactly. But he's saying... No, as are people like Jim Jordan saying, no, 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 the person needs to come in in person. And I still think that this is all just related to them wanting to get this theory that we talked about yesterday, I think it was, that Republicans are just trying to get the name of the whistleblower on the record so that when it be it becomes public, he is now a person. They are now a person that people can go after directly. Yeah, because Trump needs an enemy. Yeah. Um, I I think Geo, the, the Republicans should take advantage of that offer. But everything they do that doesn't have the appearance of fairness is a problem for them. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't take this up, it's going to reflect poorly on them Mm -hmm. if they don't accept this offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's inconvenient for them because if, you know, before they could say, well, everything's going through the Democrats, so we can't trust this secondhand information. But the person's willing to talk to them directly. But again, unless it's going to be public, it's not useful to them Mm -hmm. for their narrative. Mm -hmm. They they need person. I've literally had images of like the whistleblower like coming through the halls of Congress with a fucking black bag on their head or something. Like, yeah, is it going to God. get to that level? Well, what they were thinking of doing was interviewing it, it not in a skiff there because they were afraid they might storm the skiff again at a, at a undisclosed location. That and but Republicans are allowed to be in in that room, so there would be Republicans there that would know where it was, and then have them on like a satellite feed with the mm-hmm. face blacked out and a voice change. Mm-hmm. It's so sad, too, because, again, it's like the information that the whistleblower has brought forward was not even firsthand information. It was from people who have, you know, in part given testimony that's been corroborated by the people who have already come in. So purely maintaining his identity is to, like, keep him safe at this point. Mm -hmm. And the whistleblower is a, a, a GD hero. Okay, mm-hmm. goddamn hero. Mm-hmm. But the, the testimony of the whistleblower is irrelevant at this point. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't even need it. Doesn't, it. it doesn't, you don't it doesn't even need it. Anymore. No. Mm-mm. 
And I, I wonder too, like, <clears throat> do you think before the complaint was made, he was talking to other people that also were aware of it and was like, what's the best way to do this? And they're kind of thinking who should come forward and, and maybe he was just, you know, well, we only need one person to come forward with a whistleblower complaint or something. I don't know. I just can't imagine that it's essential at all for him to be there. I do not see how it, that's essential. It isn't. And and using my um my husband's fucking my sister cell phone example. Mm-hmm. Great example. Because, you know, initially I was like, look, if I pick up your phone and break into your phone and I see photos of my husband's phone and I see photos of naked of my sister, of him having sex with my sister. Mm-hmm. And then I go, what's this? And he says, how did you get into my phone? I need to look at this sham process and figure out how you broke into my phone. Great. And but now we've got my sister <laughs> coming forward right. and saying, I had sex with your husband. And so do we need the phone anymore? Yeah. Does it matter how I broke into it? Can we can we address the fact that you fucked my sister? Right. But then if Trump were your husband in this scenario, he would be like, but AG, don't you remember? You've been your sister the whole time. <laughs> don't believe <laughs> Just, what you see with your eyes. Yes. It's like <laughs> fucking impossible. Yep. And uh, another story, um, Jordan, and this is interesting. We're talking about being able to hold the president accountable. What's going on with E. Jean Carroll? Yeah, so E. Jean Carroll on Monday, that is yesterday if you're listening today, uh, or today if you're listening yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Time, time, time. Oh, God. Getting all twisted. Uh, Anyways, so E. Jean Carroll, she filed a defamation lawsuit against Trump in New York Supreme Court. So... Mm talking about that this is where this is where it's happening yeah i apologize for my not understanding i just realized scotus i realized what the acronym was so i apologize you for that. do not have <laughs> to apologize canadian here people I'm you do learning. not have to apologize i do not understand things a lot of the times and i was i have no excuse so. in, in the rears yeah in the rears <laughs> yeah okay so that's a fun thing oh god i've been saying in the rears instead of in arrears yeah which apparently is one word, not separated. In the rears. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like trying to negotiate things all professionally. In the rears. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry I outed you on your in the rears. No, 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 it's good. This Funny is good. Hell. I prefer it this way. Mm. I don't I don't want the I don't want any opportunity to just lower the the, <laughs> the expectation <laughs> for myself as a person I will take. Um okay, so <laughs> Eugene Carroll. Filed a lawsuit against Donald Trump. That is huge, right? In New York Supreme State uh, Supreme Court. So the complaint reads: When Carol's account was published, uh, this is her account of her of the rape that Donald Trump perpetrated on her. Trump lashed out with a series of false and defamatory statements. He denied the rape, but there was more. He also denied ever having met Carol or even knowing who she was. Through express statements and deliberate implications, he accused Carol of lying about the rape in order to increase book sales, carry out a political agenda, advance a conspiracy with the Democratic Party, and make money. He also deliberately implied that she had falsely accused other men of rape, and for good measure, he insulted her physical appearance. Each of these statements was false. Each of them was defamatory. And so that that's pretty much the long and short of what the lawsuit is about. And she's demanding a trial by jury. So that's just the first move in what's probably just going to be a really long court battle. But yeah. it's it's very it's like very powerful of her to do this. I think the Clinton v. Jones case, because this is a civil case. Mm hmm. Not a criminal case. Right. Sets the precedent for her to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, her, same with the apprentice lady, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, but uh, she's also mm-hmm. suing him. And that's been allowed to go forward. When they're like outside the criminal statute of limitations and they can go forward with a civil one later. Is that what you're saying? Or just a civil just, one to begin with. Oh, like against the president? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the this document- is, I think, the second defamy suit by women who Only have been assaulted. Second? by women specifically who have been assaulted by Trump? since he's been president. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I thought this was the first one. No, remember the apprentice lady who said he grabbed her and kissed her and did all that oh, stuff? Oh, yes, and, yes, yes. And that's been allowed now to go forward yeah. as well. I can't remember her name. I keep wanting to say Jennifer Flowers, but that's not it. Yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, it is... Good for her. It I, is I, good for I, her. You know, it takes a lot. It, I can only imagine what she's about to go through, but the fact that she's yeah. deciding that this is worth pursuing as a case mm-hmm. is really powerful and... Yeah. Well, in defamation, too, like 
When you're suing someone for defamation, that's not exactly a place of power either. Your power's already been taken from you. Mm-hmm. And now you're just filing something in response to them taking power from you again. You know? Yeah. And here's here's a good timeline. Uh, her name is Summer Zervos. Mm. Uh, and she filed in January 2017. Okay. Uh, a defamation lawsuit. So almost two years ago now. I don't remember where that case went. It's still in the courts. She just won. Oh, it's okay. still been appealed and it's been allowed to go forward. All right. Well. So that's how long this could go on. Yeah. So we could probably expect a similar fate for this one then. <clears throat> I, I would assume so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, that's what's going on mm. with Aging Carroll. I, I absolutely, I adore her. I think she's a national treasure yeah mm-hmm. i love her writing Great writer she's 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 a fantastic person mm-hmm. so and th- not that that means like she extra doesn't deserve it <laughs> like it's right just, of course i'm just side uh, like yeah. sidebar she's just a fan of her as a person a cool lady. in general and in addition she is being very brave i'm glad she's doing this i know that she didn't want to even come forward with it and in fact she didn't even think it was a thing and then like her friends were like that's a thing yeah um because the, the victim blaming yourself yeah. self-blame mm-hmm. totally that's not a, victim blaming but you know self- right blaming yourself they mm-hmm. go into that too in the court document that her attorney i think it's her attorney posted on twitter today it's it, they they set they preface everything by kind of giving reasons for like why she didn't come forward sooner and it's so shitty that you even have to do that. But that takes up like the first page of this like 28 page document yeah. is just saying like she was around during, you know, it happened during a time when she saw this happening to women left and right and nothing coming of it. And then later on, it was like her mom was her mom was in the process of dying when yeah. Trump when it was like time for the election, too. And she's like, I'm not going to spend the last few months with my mom engaging in this. So she waited and then, like, that's why she did it after, apparently. <sighs> yeah, so many different things to consider. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of people just don't even think about. Um, yeah. What, yeah, coming forward. Yeah, and I don't mean, like, pe- like people who are um, survivors don't think about, but other people don't think about when a oh, survivor yes. comes forward. Yeah, totally. All right, well, thank you for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. And um, tell you what. Roger Stone's trial starts today, tomorrow, yesterday, today, oh, yeah, tomorrow's right. yesterday, I and <laughs> I have a little bit of uh, an update on that for you as soon as we're on the other side of this break. Be right back. All right. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging in. And we now have an update on Roger Stone, or I'm just going to give you sort of a rundown of what's what's going on because his trial starts today, tomorrow, and it's going to be really interesting. So Stone was indicted by a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C., Um, one count of obstructing Congress, five counts of making false statements to Congress, and one count of witness tampering. He's facing up to 30 years in prison. That's 20 years for the the lying to Congress, all the five counts of lying to Congress, and then five years apiece for obstructing and witness tampering. First, he lied to the HIPSI, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, about what he knew and who he talked to about the hacked documents from the DNC. He lied about having the documents, saying he didn't, which is a lie. (laughs) He said he hadn't directed associates to contact WikiLeaks when he did. He said he had not discussed his com- in his conversations with an intermediary about WikiLeaks with the Trump campaign, but he did on multiple occasions. And I believe he even told Trump himself. That's just still redacted. Mm-hmm. He also tried to convince Credico to lie to Congress. And he lied when he said only one intermediary contacted WikiLeaks, but he also sought assistance from Jerome Corsi, if you remember that gem mm-hmm. of a man. Oh, yeah. And it could come out in his trial that Stone told Trump about upcoming WikiLeaks releases, which would implicate Trump in a lie when Trump told Mueller in writing, even though written questions are unacceptable, that he had no foreknowledge of upcoming WikiLeaks dumps. Though the court might keep that sealed because it could be prejudicial in the impeachment hearing Mm. and it could even it it could be prejudicial in future prosecutions of Trump as a private citizen. Mm. And this is like one of the reasons Mueller spent, you know, paragraph after paragraph explaining why he's not even saying that he thinks he committed obstruction of justice Mm -hmm. or that he committed a crime or that he lied is because that is prejudicial to future prosecutions and could ruin them and you don't want that to happen Mm so I you know people who say Mueller was a wimp he was a pussy he you know screwed up he didn't come out with the truth pussy wouldn't be my word (laughs) Um, 
you know, why didn't he speak up? Going method. It's because if you if he did, he could wreck future prosecutions. It would be easy if he came out and said, yeah, he committed obstruction of justice. And yeah, he did this and he did that. And if we tried to after Trump left office to prosecute him for those obstruction of justice charges, provided they, you know, which you can do, uh, if he had said he committed obstruction of justice, it would be very easy for Trump's lawyers to say, we can't find a fair jury. Um, they're all tainted. And, you know, th- this is, you know, prejudicial. They've called him a liar already. Uh, a prosecutor has called him a liar. So none of this can go through. And mm-hmm. they could pro- they could probably win on appeal. It could probably, you know, um, they might, you know, win in court, but uh, it wouldn't hold up on appeal. So they might not even indict him mm-hmm. because in order to indict someone, it has to be a sustainable indictment that holds up on appeal. Hmm. Which is why Mr. I didn't realize that through his language he was like protecting future cases. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I wonder how long you can. I just did the Jack Nicholson yes, yes. meme like to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder how long you you can keep information under wraps in anticipation of a future indictment before someone would be like release the info. Well, the statute of limitation is five years. Yeah. <laughs> release the kraken. But there's also a very good argument to be made about tolling the statute of limitations. Normally, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't be charged with a crime for whatever reason, it's called tolling the statute of limitations. They put they put a pause on it. That's never been applied to a president. Mm-hmm. So many unprecedented things here. Um, but being a president, if being a president means you can't be indicted mm-hmm. per that Office of Legal Counsel memo, which isn't a statute, which m- kind of weakens the case, but... It, mm-hmm. The fact that he can't be indicted should toll the statute of limitations, meaning yeah. he can't run for president and win again and then be not prosecutable for all of his crimes because he's he's gone more than five years in office where you can't indict him. Yeah. And and that has never been litigated. And I think that it could. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's a lot of different arguments there. But I mean, th- there's a lot that could come out in this stone trial. But like I said, I really think that these Trump implicated things are going to be kept uh, you know, ex parte, under seal, in camera, whatever they do to keep it secret. Because yeah, what parts of this trial are going to be public? Uh, that's a good question. I yeah. think probably most of it, mm-hmm. much like the Manafort trial, when it comes, when something comes up that's like, hey, 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 All this. hey, mm-hmm. these are part of something on- ongoing, or mm-hmm. this could prejudice a future uh, case, et cetera, et cetera. Then they'll take it and have, you know, take it into chambers or um, mm-hmm. sidebar and then put that part under seal. That's what I expect. You can put beans on that. Nice. All right, let's get social. Hashtag. Trending is hashtag Kefefe. Oh, back again. Back again. A horse named Kefefe <laughs> won. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a horse named Kefefe won a Breeders' Cup event at Santa Anita today, which kicked off a wave of tweets about the infamous meaningless word. And at one point, Trump tweeted, but how do you know it was a mistweet? Maybe it's something with a deep meaning. Uh, that probably sent his Q nuts into a fit. See, we told you it's code. He's a genius. Um, the owner of the horse, when asked, says she did not vote for Trump. So that means Kefefe was a mock, uh-huh. um, which I love. <laughs> and uh, I think, was it Jeannie Mo? She's like, ah, Kefefe the horse, the real stable genius. Get yeah. it? Stables. Um so, you know, check out, <laughs> there's a lot of really good jokes and, and memes. Somebody did a Photoshop of Trump putting a Congressional Medal of Honor on the horse with a oh my God. C- Kefefe badge on it. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of funny, good funny jokes going around about this. A little lighthearted, uh, you know. Yeah. We need that. There's an interesting, like, there's a lot of metacriticism going on there at the Breeders' Cup. That sounds very, like eugenics like there's <laughs> like some liberal infiltrator or something it's very strange the whole situation it, there's so many things right? yeah it's, yeah it's pretty meta. that's what a breeder's cup is right like who who made the best horse is that what that is that's what every horse race is <laughs> that what it boils down to that's what is every that? horse race is really <laughs> yeah i guess so who made the best horse who made the best All cups horse? Are breeders cups yes i mean i don't i don't know too many like rescue mutt horses yes. that are winning the preakness who denied the horse most of a childhood <laughs> <laughs> oh lord just kidding i don't know enough about that to have too I, many strong opinions and i think santa anita <laughs> has enough problems of its own with they've had a lot of horses die at that track oh god um, that's so sad it is it's really sad from like abuse uh i i think i don't think abuse i think just i mean abuse right because they're dying it, young yeah yeah yeah. like overrunning them and totally. stuff just horse racing is a bad totally thing that's what yeah that's what i meant yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah i've only heard bad things about horse racing yep mm-hmm. yep so 
Anyway, congratulations, Kafifi. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, good joke. Yeah. Sorry about all the death and <laughs> yeah. But it is funny that what <laughs> Sorry was, what about was the horse. what was intended as a mockery, he's claiming as his own. Well, Kafifi <laughs> is very healthy. Um, oh, good. Oh, good. Good. So that's well, what's happening. Although I, do, I, I personally don't agree with horse racing. I don't like it i don't like what they do to the horses i don't like how much they run them yeah i do appreciate a good troll though but it is it's good um it's good couple late breaking things lev parnas will cooperate with the impeachment inquiry as long as as his doing so he doesn't Damn. incriminate himself this is a change of heart Damn. he rebuffed last month when his previous lawyer john dowd dang like pardon dangler extraordinaire <laughs> said the requests were too burdensome and broad so he's got a change of heart now. Partial uh, Parnas would be a crucial witness if he were to cooperate. He said he played, or um, he has said he played a key role in connecting Giuliani to Ukrainian officials during Giuliani's investigation into Biden and his son Hunter. According to the New York Times, a change of heart came because Mr. Parnas was very upset by President President Trump's plainly false statement that he did not know him. Aww. Oh, what an God. easy way to get someone to talk. <laughs> You should hang out with Tiffany. I'm sure she feels the same way. Mm. Oh, my God. That's funny. So Parnas really was funny. like, you don't know me. I know you. I yeah. know you. Bit. And so now he's like, I'm cool. I'm going to cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. But yeah. only if I'm not going to get in trouble for myself. And this could indicate <laughs> that he might flip in the criminal case against Giuliani against Giuliani. Of course, Giuliani didn't say what Trump said. So he's, he's really only just mad at Trump right now. But yeah, that would I be do feel like they come from a circle of people who are constantly just lying about their relationships with another so I'm surprised that that's even like the thing that's... Yeah, like why you wouldn't be like, ah, he has to say that. Yeah, exactly. What because was... I'm Lev Parnes. Maybe he wanted to all along and this was just like a window for him to do that or something. Could be. I don't, I know. don't know. I don't trust him any further than yeah, I throw him. It, this, could be, this, this could be a Manafort situation where he agrees to cooperate, quote unquote, and then blows it all up and yeah. tells Trump everything that's happening or tells Giuliani everything that's happening. Yeah, that's true. That does seem like a pretty sort of mafia tactic. Like, sure, I'll cooperate mm-hmm. and then just totally smooth talk him into more lies yeah. you never know but who knows or yeah. Lev wanted approval from daddy and he didn't get it and now he's mad yes oh. always a fan <laughs> of that analysis but yeah somebody I mean, do a somebody do a study about daddy issues in the, in the mob mm-hmm yep <laughs> Just mm. get him to cry once a day. I'm not gonna hug you. See what <laughs> you guys just missed my missed my Marlon Brando. <laughs> um, I did the hand movement and everything. Um, anyway, yeah. So Parnas is is flipping on impeachment, but he, he they, they said you know he's not going to incriminate himself. He could take the fifth if if it incriminates him. And I don't know if you can get a proffer session in an impeachment like you can in a criminal. Uh, cooperation agreement but i i know i'm sorry to interrupt you but i know schiff can offer him immunity yeah well and it's also like they weren't arrested at the airport by congress you know it was for other things by the fbi right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and this is the thing i mean however he helps in congress could help his sentencing in his criminal investigation right but unless you actually cooperate in the criminal investigation or bring any crimes to justice in the criminal part of it i don't Mm -hmm. know that how much it's going to help it would behoove him and anyone in the Giuliani case to to cooperate with the government. Mm-hmm. You'll get charged with one thing and yep. you'll do four years, maybe tops, probably closer to like a month or four months. And mm-hmm. then you'll be out um, instead of trying to rely on this president for a pardon who could be impeached. Because once you're impeached, if you're removed, you don't have pardon power anymore. I wonder how common it is for folks like him to serve their prison sentence and then just be like, please don't make me go back there. Because at this point, especially if they did cooperate, you know, just talking about the risks of cooperating. And once you go back to your home country, just things getting sketchy and it being terrifying. Yeah, but his home country is Ukraine. And so it could yeah. be cool there. He's got a lot of hotels and stuff. He could yeah, live there pretty comfortably after he got out of prison. That's true. Unless like the same mob people that he was running with before were going to like make him pay. Yeah, but Fertosh is about to be extradited. Like, I'm yeah. trying to, but who, who knows? Mo- yeah. Mogilevich could be after his ass, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, that is the show. Anybody have any final thoughts? Um, Big news day. Oh, long yes. News day. It was a long news day. Thank you, yeah, for hanging in. I saw the movie Jojo Rabbit yesterday, and it was so fucking good. What is it? What is it? It is about a little Nazi boy growing up in Nazi Germany and Was Hitler is his Waititi imaginary movie? friend. Oh yes. my God. Yes. Yes. I love Taika Waititi. He's great. Yes. It is 
such an incredible movie. Okay. Where did you watch it? Uh, at AMC La Jolla. Okay, so it's out in theaters. It's in theaters, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the, the writer-director actually plays Hitler himself. Oh, my God. Well, Because it's got to be hard to ask somebody to do that's that. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what Ryan was saying. I was reading, uh, this is the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I've like I've loved Taika Waititi for a long time. I've loved him forever, even when he was just doing like New Zealand-based indie stuff but he said that he used the sort of like recognition and also the money he got from Thor Ragnarok to fund Jojo Rabbit as like mm. a passion project oh that's so cool like he'd, he'd been wanting to do it for a long time that's the right way to do it yeah, yeah. you know put out a hit Massive make a bunch of money lesson. and then do what you love yeah yep. totally yeah but it's just incredible it reminds me of like or work for the government for 12 years and, and then <laughs> yeah. take that money and do what you love yeah totally it feels like a Wes Anderson meets um Quentin. But dude, I was not going to say Quentin Tarantino, no. someone very similar, the guy who did Seven Psychopaths, Mick... M- Mick Mulvaney. No, it's something... <laughs> Anyways, it's a... I love Seven Psychopaths, Yes, it's so same. It's like one of my cool. favorites, too. But yeah, it, in tone, it's very... It's like a cross between like Moonrise Kingdom and Seven Psychopaths, kind of. Okay. I'm not a huge Wes Anderson fan, and I know I'm going to get a shitload of emails Martin about McDonough, that. Martin McDonough, that's who I'm thinking of. But um, I do love... Uh, seven psychopaths yeah totally yeah no great gotta watch it it's beautiful it's honestly heart-wrenching hilarious like profound beautiful really sad we have to keep making nazi movies because uh we're like hey wake up remember this shit yeah yeah Mm. remember Mm -hmm. let's not again no but let's make a lot of movies about this administration so that we can remember yeah so that we can remember and yeah. not do it again, because yep. <clears throat> the next the next fascist might not be so stupid. Yeah. So this was just a very beautiful artist resistor piece. That's what I take it as. Oh, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. I uh, what's on my mind today? Well, hopefully I'll talk about it more maybe the next day or the day after that. But uh, the UK election is happening in six weeks, and yeah, go read about that independently. But. Uh, yeah, it's I spent a lot of time reading about that today and talking to friends because they just called a snap election over there. Right. Yeah, and I heard December 12th, and yeah. I've heard that there is supposedly Boris Johnson uh, has some connecty connects to Russia, mm-hmm. and they want to uh, publish that report Damn. about Boris Johnson possibly being a Russian asset. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, yeah. if the UK was the Petri dish for what happened in the United States, mm-hmm. Boris Johnson... Yep. is going to be a Russian asset mm-hmm. or is going to be found out to be a mm-hmm. Russian asset has been yes. a Russian asset. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, totally. No, he's just prepping. Yeah. But yeah, my I'm keeping my eye on that. Uh, yeah, because you were explaining to me so the cool part is yeah. that it's Labor Party and a new referendum or Brexit. Pretty much, yeah. They're giving them a... It's a pretty stark choice. Yeah. Big stark choice. Yeah, I mean, there are multiple parties, but as far as I know, and please tweet us, send emails if I'm wrong on this, but according from to, to what I understand is that it's either going to be choosing Boris Johnson and the conservatives to continue going down the off the cliff of, you know, a disaster Brexit. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you're really rich, having your money protected. Or mm-hmm. or you have to vote for Bernie Sanders, basically. Or you have to vote for, like, <laughs> essentially the British Bernie Sanders because he's going to call for a second referendum. So if you uh, are not for Brexit, you pretty much only have the choice of voting for a really uh, left party. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that's kind of wild. And it's happening in on December 12th, so really soon. Yeah. So they could pull themselves back from the brink of Brexit, possibly, but who knows? Wow. Yeah. It's going to be a, a kind of a crazy six weeks. Flynn gets sentenced November 18th. Ooh, we get to hear what Judge up. Sullivan gets to say to his face again. I'm Hell really yeah. excited because of be... all the weird filings from mm-hmm. Sidney Powell. So that'll be God. fun too. Between now and Christmas, man, we have a lot of a lot of like cases and deadlines and there's an, this big election and man, it's going to be a much better holiday season for Democrats than it was last year. I think so too. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Well, thank you, and to all of you, thank you so much. All wonderful support, supportive emails and tweets about my dad. So thank you so much for that. And um, I loved hearing the stories about your dads, too. I appreciate that a lot. So please, everyone, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health. Take care of the planet. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. 
Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>